All right. Um, so, Joanna Borman is going to do the message, and right after telling about what it is, Stephen Craig will do the opening prayer. Okay, today is Sunday, December 3rd, 2023. We're in our series, Truth for All Time. Today's message is entitled, The Incarnation, The Word Made Flesh. I am Joanna Borman, and I'll be reading the message, which was written by Dr. Mary Craig at Mary Craig Ministries, Craig House Christian Fellowship. Holy Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, whose we are and whom we serve. We thank you for the body and blood sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. We thank you for his life of radical obedience, perfect personal perpetual obedience, even to death on the cross. We thank you that he fulfilled all righteousness, even to dying to pay the penalty for sin, redeeming those for whom he died by his blood, the sacrifice of himself. We thank you he brought the reconciliation that overcomes alienation from you, that by this reconciliation we can know you as Father, We thank you that Jesus bore your wrath, bore the curse, bore the sin, and bore the glory. Jesus destroyed the works of darkness, defeating Satan and his kingdom publicly. We thank you, Lord God, for those in Christ were chosen before the foundation of the world, and we are accepted in the Beloved. We thank you that Jesus died, that he was buried, and that that he rose again from the dead, out from among the dead, and ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Almighty, Jesus Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords, God the Son, Son of God, ruler over the kings of this earth and coming again in power and great glory. We thank you for the sending of the Holy Spirit and we ask that the Holy Spirit come as the Spirit of truth, guiding us into the truth, that he come as the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, revealing Jesus Christ to us and granting us wisdom for the days in which we live. We ask that the Holy Spirit open our eyes to comprehend understand and perceive what you have for us today. Open the eyes of our minds and open the eyes of our hearts to receive. Honor our desire to glorify you. We come before you in humility, on bended knee, with our heads bowed. We pray that we be renewed in the spirit of our minds and put on the new man which was created according to you, God, in true righteousness and holiness, that you would sanctify us by your word and by your Holy Spirit, that we may open our mouths boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ, with love, compassion, and grace, that we might love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you. Today's scripture is from John 1, verses 1 through 14. This is from the King James James Version. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, 
which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 1 1-14 The incarnation of Jesus Christ is the foundation of the whole work of atonement, the means to the end, God's way of putting away sin and its consequences. The atonement was necessary because of sin entering the system and rendering humanity into an estate of sin and misery. Salvation is all about getting back to the Father. Jesus is the way. He is full of grace and truth. He is the life. Jesus announced that he came down from heaven for the sake of a people given to him by the Father. See John 6, Matthew 18, and Mark 10. What brings together the infinite God with all holiness and justice and rebel man infected with sin? The incarnation of the eternal Son supplies us the answer. This fills up that yawning gulf, that chasm, and paves the way to the restoring of man's relationship with a holy God. See Isaiah 54. Our maker becomes our redeemer. Jesus, the infinite God-man, God incarnate, was sent by the Father to do a work, the atoning work by means of which elect souls have a way back to the Father. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by and through him. The incarnation took place in a historic person. Jesus did not come just to set forth some idea, but to do a work and to become the head of a company of people finding redemption and life in him. The incarnation is the deep ground of union to God and of reconciliation and life. Jesus, the infinite God-man, becomes the only and the perfect mediator between the living God and man, come to inaugurate an everlasting covenant better than the shadow and type that went before. Sin needed a way of removal, of forgiveness. The law requires personal, perfect, perpetual obedience to merit life. Divine justice needs vindication. Scripture announces an incarnation of redeeming love brought about by the occasion of sin. Sid did not cause the incarnation. Divine love prompted the sending of Jesus Christ in providing the atonement. The love of God in harmony with God's perfect justice is the only channel of life. From John 3, verses 16 to 21, King James Version. For God so loved the world, 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son into the world to condemn the world, that the world through him, not to, it's a typo there, that's what I thought, <laughs> not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hates the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. John three sixteen to 21 God made a way for sinners to again become the habitation of their maker. God came in such a manner so as to bring more glory in saving than in condemning us. Man comes into a position in Christ of greater nearness than if the fall had never been. The new creation in Christ surpasses restoring the original. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He is the God of all grace, God who forgives. Man was originally created to be an organic unity with Adam as federal head. Redeemed people are ushered into a condition of things by the, the historical Christ that restores but also exceeds what was once possessed. Now those in Christ form an organic unity in a divine head. Humanity stood in the Son, S-O-N. Jesus is the last Adam, the second man, and the federal head of a new creation. When God is said to, quote, give his son, unquote, or when the son is said to, quote, to give himself, unquote, these phrases are to be understood in the sacrificial sense. It refers to the sacrifice of Jesus as he was lifted up as sin bearer and made a curse for us. We have three points. Number one, the atonement emanated from the love of God. God's love gave the only begotten and unique Son to a sacrificial death, which is just equivalent to the satisfaction of divine justice. God's love is the source of blessing. Justice is the aspect of God's nature by which God self-asserts and maintains the inalienable rights of the Godhead. God loves himself and delights in his own perfections. God gives himself in the exercise of love to his creatures. But he does not give up, and he cannot recede from those rights which belong inalienably to himself as God. The living God is holy, and he is sovereign. Likewise, we give and communicate, while at the same time we retain our own proper rights and prerogatives. Boundaries are maintained. God is love, 1 John 4 eight, meaning the love is self-originated, self-moving, free, and infinite. God is thus the great giver, capital G. Giving 
the infinite sacrifice of his son to die for unworthy souls, namely the elect. The death of Christ as a costly declaration of divine love should remove our fear and distrust, which might prompt us to flee from God. In the atonement, we have the harmony of justice and love, the demand of justice and the provision of love. The cross of Christ displayed the love of God in providing the substitute and was the highest manifestation of its reality and greatness. Justice required that its claims be satisfied. God's self-originating love was the source from which the atonement flowed in blessing. Number two. The sacrifice of Christ was of infinite value and sufficient to cancel sin. Quote, The divine nature united to the human, incapable of suffering in itself, gave to the suffering of the mediator an infinite value. Unquote. That's from George Smeaton's Christ's Doctrine of the Atonement. With the atonement, God provides the very thing which puts God on a new relation to those whose sins had incurred his anger and wrath. Love to humanity and love to himself must be placed together in the atoning work of Christ. The penalty was paid. A substitute was provided. All that Jesus did was both necessary and sufficient for all time, never needing to be repeated or added to. Okay, our third point. The incarnation and death of Jesus is the fruit of love and not its cause. Love moved God to act. The hindrances caused by sin must be removed for God to bless. The removal of the guilt of sin opens the way for the impartation of eternal life. The believer's sins are remitted, and the believer is accepted in the beloved. With that acceptance, the nature is renewed. A believer's reconciliation with God is through Christ by means of the redemption work of Christ, God incarnate, God in flesh appearing. Sacrifice. The Hebrew word zabak, possibly pronunciation, I do not know, means to slay, slaughter, or sacrifice. In English, the word sacrifice suggests merely an inconvenience or the giving of a costly gift. But to the Hebrew mind, mind it involved the offering of a life. Here's the point. Jesus Christ came as the incarnate word, God in flesh, infinite God-man, to offer his life as a sacrifice, pleasing to God. He said, quote, A body you have prepared me, Hebrews 10.5. Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, Hebrews 10, 7 to 9. By that will, 
we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Unquote. Hebrews 10.10 Jesus Christ, God incarnate, offered up his life because the will of his Father controlled and compelled his whole life. Jesus delighted to do the will of his Father. He and the Father are one. Jesus offered up his life because of the Father's love. Touch the heart of Jesus and yours will heal in the presence of his brokenness. Ask him what it was like to leave glory, to become a baby, to fulfill prophecy, to identify with us. Identify with Jesus in his outpoured life, and you will serve him with your praise and worship. You'll start to get it. Jesus walked according to truth never departing from it, never departing from the perfect will and word of God, his Father. For those in Christ, sacrifice becomes the offering up of our lives, dying to self and being grounded in the truth of God. The Spirit is truth. All departures from truth are built on lies and corrupted by lust, Colossians 3. The Holy Spirit is the life giver, the life maker. He is the spirit of truth. Whenever we give our offerings to God, let's not think of it as a giving up, but as a giving to. May our giving be gracious, generous, done with gladness, and guided by the Holy Spirit. May we give as we have purposed in our hearts. To give. That was written by Dr. Mary Craig. All right, thank you, Joanna. Okay. Um, I'm going to pray now. Father God, we thank you for the incarnation, the word made flesh. And Lord God, we give you all the praise. I pray that people understand the incarnation, that Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit or conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and that he is the Word made flesh. And Lord, I pray that we can appreciate 
the word of God written and the word of God infinite word of God um, made flesh and dwelling among us and that what he did was both necessary and sufficient. And Lord, that people would not just chase the prophets and chase, um, you know, the um, entertainment to them of when the Holy Spirit moves and ignore the Word of God, the written Word of God. Because what we receive from the Holy Spirit must align and always does with the written Word of God that we would study to show ourselves Workmen approved, and for this, Lord, we thank you. You have given us resources today, but they have to be discerned and studied. Lord, I ask that you reveal who Jesus Christ really is. Not the buddy at the end of your bed. Not a glorified Superman. Not merely a man because his favorite name was Son of Man, but that is Referring to his, the God man, he's a God. And that was his favorite title to clue people into Daniel 7. It is a title of his Godness not his humanity. Lord, you know what to do, and you will make crooked places straight. Glorify your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.